God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, when we go through unexpected times and circumstances, sometimes our, our mind and our attention can be focused on such things. And sometimes we can kindly forget that God is still in control. That just because something's happened in our life does not mean God got booted off his throne. No, God is still on the throne. He is still the almighty God. He still reigns and he still, amen, will have his will to be done. Amen. And so I know that God's will, amen, is going to be good, amen, for them that love him and those that are called according to his purpose, amen, that God has a plan in everything. Man, that we can call upon that name that is above every name. I'm thankful. Don't you love the name of Jesus? Man, it's more than a name. There's power in the name of Jesus. We call upon it. We plead the name. Amen. And he is there for us and with us. Man, so good to see everyone here tonight to come to worship the Lord. Amen. And uh, as our ushers come, or usher come, uh, we want to continue in worship tonight as we give unto the Lord. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. Amen. And remember that the uh, ladies event on Saturday. Amen. Uh, the ladies come and be a part of that. And uh, be in, in anticipation for uh, the month of September. We're going to be de- dedicating and devoting ourselves to uh, fasting and praying because we want God to do great things in us, right? And through us. Amen. So that is uh, more details is coming up um, for that. And so we obviously want to, uh, as we pray for this offering, want to pray for the needs, amen, our country and everything that's going on. Let's do that together. Lord Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord, for this time, this opportunity we can come and gather together, Lord, in this place. Lord, that we know the name to call upon tonight, the name of Jesus, the name that is greater than every name, every sickness, every circumstance. Hallelujah. We plead the blood of Jesus over every mind, every heart, every body, every home. Hallelujah. That your will would be done, God, that your healing virtue would flow. We ask you, Lord, to touch this offering, to multiply and use it for your kingdom. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's come and give unto the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. How great you are, Lord. How great you are. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. As kids' churches dismiss, we can turn our attention to the word of the Lord. Genesis, the second chapter, verse 7. Amen. We're continuing in our, our series that we began a few weeks ago called Our, our Relationship with God. Amen. And I think tonight is part four if I have my notes right. 
Genesis 2 and 7, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Man became a living soul, and thus began this time where God now has humans that he made and the interaction and relationships that he has with them. Amen. That's what we are looking into. Amen. So turn to a few people and greet them in the name of the Lord as we're seated tonight. Man, we understand the the many relationship roles that we have with the people in our lives, and we understand the differences that each relationship has. While being just one person, we can respond and react differently with each relationship depending on who we are with. And if we can do that, then there's no question that God can do it as well. And he can easily does it with every single person all at the same time. And in this series that we are examining uh, these relationships that are formed and examining the different responses and different reactions that God has towards those individuals. And for simplicity's sake, we, we broke these two biblical groups down. Uh, down to the enemy of God and the friend of God. And the enemies of God are mainly driven by pride as we derived in, in saying that, uh, that they don't need God in their life. And so that uh, if you declare that with your words and your actions, uh, then that's, that's pride speaking that you don't need God. And, and thus uh, you become a part of the enemy of God because... God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Uh, and so uh, the enemies of God are in that category. And we obviously talked about it already, what happens and that, how that relationship looks. And it doesn't look good for those persons. Um, and we also talked about just because that we are now, we are in the church. We used to be the enemies of God. Now we are uh, part of the church uh, just because we are in the church does not exempt us from this pride because it is woven into our very fabric as a human uh, and this fallen carnal nature that pride is, is just going to always be there. Uh, and so unfettered pride, uncrucified pride can produce uh, the prayerlessness that we talked about and covered that night. And the, the effects of that, and among other things that harm and our, our communication and our connection with God. Because pride always gets in the way. Pride, ego, arrogance, whatever, however you want to group them all together. They're all crazy cousins that work together, and they keep you from God. Uh, keep God from doing things in your life. Uh, and, and so, uh, last lesson we talked about, we started looking into the friend of God category, and uh, the first part uh, was uh, the relationship between our Heavenly Father and His children. Because we are uh, described in uh, many scriptures as the children of God, uh, the sons of God, and, and, and by uh, inference also the daughters of God. Uh, and, and so we become the children of God when we receive the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Uh, and so through that, His Spirit, then now we are crying back, uh, Father. Uh, the Spirit itself does that, makes intercession for us. Um, and as the Son of God, that uh, is led by the Spirit. Uh, and so this Spirit uh, of God that we've received uh, adopts us and we become the, the children of God. And to better understand that role, and relationship with God, we turn to none other than Jesus, uh, as he is literally God in the flesh, the only begotten son. Uh, and so his example that he gave to us while he was here was to model for us what it looks like to be a child of God. 
Uh, also, uh, you know, his, his the main purpose was reconciliation for the sins of the world. And so he, he had to come and die to, to give his life and give his body uh, to be to spill the blood for the sacrifice. But uh, also, apart from that role that he had as the, the Lamb of God being slain for the sins of the world, he also was uh, an example unto his followers of, of what it looks like to be a child of God, to be a son of God or a daughter of God. Romans 8, 28, it says, We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn of many brethren. Uh, That is, the Son, Jesus, is uh, the firstborn of many brethren. And so Paul declares here that Jesus is the firstborn, the firstborn of many brethren, which means that Jesus, the the first son of God, uh, he is the first, and that means that there are others coming. If Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren, he's the oldest brother, and there are other brothers coming, which means there are other people that will receive the same spirit of Christ, and they too will be called the sons of God. And so if Jesus is the firstborn, uh, he is also uh, uh, the, 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 the example. And so there will be more sons and daughters after Jesus, born of God, uh, since he is the firstborn. And so God's plan kind of went like this. If I am going to fill human beings with my spirit... I need to go to earth and to set an example for them because they can, they, they're already crazy enough. And they get a little twitch of power in them, they may really go off the rails and, and really be crazy. So uh, I got to go there not only to die for their sins, but also to set the example of what it looks like when a human being is filled with the Holy Ghost and what that empowers them to do. Because I, I'm not just going to fill them with the Holy Ghost and they're just going to sit on the pew and not do anything with my spirit, then what good is it? Uh, and so if, you, if we are endued with power from on high, that means we are filled with the spirit to be for a purpose. And one of the many purposes is to be a witness uh, into this world. Uh, and to be an example, and so uh, Jesus not only is the, the Lamb of God, but he's also the firstborn of many brethren that are going to come after him, uh, and so he is leading the way by example uh, to, to show them uh, how to pray and, and how to live and, and how to act as a child of God and how to conduct yourself and, and how to be a minister and how to reach the lost and to, to go among them and, and to, to pray for them and, and to minister to them. And, and so uh, he would be the firstborn of many brethren and that way after he takes, after God takes his body out of the earth He will send his spirit back into the earth and into those believers who who believe on his word and to follow after him. And therefore, they will know what to do as they will follow my example. And and so we see Jesus having this deep connection with his heavenly father. uh, Is saying, even at, at the young age of 12, he was saying, I must be about my father's business and we see as he's older in his ministry, uh, teaching the disciples, many examples and instances where Jesus departed uh, by himself when he went to pray. Uh, we have obviously the, uh, more of a detailed account in his final prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, but that wasn't the only time he departed and prayed. There's many times the scripture says that Jesus went off and he prayed. And he always was praying by himself because he, he tells us to go and to go into our prayer closet, which is in secret, and, and pray to our Father in heaven. And God, he will uh, hear us and reward us openly. Uh, and so uh, just following Jesus' example, he would go apart and he would pray to his Father um, by himself. And so this, this bond is formed by 
the Spirit of God. Uh, and so a, a relationship is created with a father and a child, with a father and a baby when uh, we are born again and we receive the spirit of adoption, we receive the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues and cry, Abba, Father. This new relationship is born, a new child is born, a spiritual baby is born into the kingdom. And as natural children, we look to our parents for everything. As a child, uh, a baby, uh, we look to our parents for everything because obviously we don't know uh, what this world is like. We, we can't uh, manage ourselves uh, by ourselves and maintain uh, our, our, and support our, our, our own life in this world as babies and as children. Uh, and so we look to our parents. They don't even realize it, but they, they look to us. And uh, we look to our parents to feed us and to protect us and to keep us and to, to teach us and to, to help us grow and to lead us down the right paths. All of these things that we did as kids and also that we do for our children, our Heavenly Father does the same for us and if not more. For you and I, because now we are His children. Uh, and so we, we look to our Heavenly Father to, to, to lead us and to protect us and to feed us and to keep us and to teach us all of these things. I mean, we should be looking to Him. As Jesus kind of expounds in, in Matthew 6 about how the Gentiles look for signs and you and I being Gentiles, obviously we're, we're lumped into that. Uh, we look into signs and, and these things. What Jesus says if you just seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, everything will be taken care of. If you just look to your heavenly Father and put Him first in your life and to go to Him always, He'll take care of, of your needs. Why? Because He's our Father. And every good Father is going to take care of His children, isn't He? He's not going to let them starve or, or, or let them suffer or, or abandon them. A, a good Father will always be there for His children. And so we, as now the children of God, uh, should look to our Heavenly Father for everything. But even still, as, as humans, we, we still try to do things ourselves, and, and many times we go out and try to do it ourselves. Then we finally go to our Father uh, and say, now it's like, Father, help me fix all this, because I, I, I didn't go to you first, and I made a mess. And so, uh, and obviously as our our Father's gracious and merciful. He, he, he helps us get back on track. Uh, and so what would happen if, if your kid came home from school or, or, or they came to you and said, this person said this about me, and they, they said that I, I'm, not a, I'm not good or, or, or that I'm a failure, that I'm worthless or, 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 or something derogatory, what what would you do uh, if your child came home and, and told you this? Well, after you calmed yourself down, uh, you would probably say something like this. Well, you are not their child, are you? You're my child. And, and so don't listen to what they have to say. You listen to me. You listen to your mother. You listen to your father. We are your parents, and, and we love you, and, and we're not going to let anything bad happen to you. Uh, and, and so if we do that for our kids, uh, why would we then listen to what the devil has to say? And why would we entertain his lies and his accusations? And, and then will we get all depressed and beat up, and we feel worthless, and that we're a failure, that we can't do anything for God? Why would we do that? Whose child are we? Are we God's child or are we, are we the sons of Belial? Are we the devil's kid? Uh, we are either the devil's child or we are a child of the Most High God. And so if we are a child of the Most High God, then we need to stop listening to the enemy. Stop listening to what they have to say. Stop believing their lies because they, he, he, they're not our father. He's not our father. And if uh, he does bring up our past, which most likely he does because he is a, the accuser of the brethren, uh, and, and so that is really the only thing the devil can really use against us is our past if we allow him to. 
We need to remind the devil that our Father forgave us of those mistakes. Our Father is gracious and, and, and they are covered by his precious blood. And so uh, everything now, this is all family business now, and the devil is not part of the family. So we're not going to listen to what he has to say. We're going to rebuke him and we're going to stand fast and, and stand with our Father and, and let him handle the business. It's family business now. Now that you're in the, the kingdom of God, born, born into uh, the church, the body, the, the family of God, uh, this is all family business. And just like uh, you do with your family and I do with my family, we, we keep our family business to ourselves. you know? Uh, and so uh, other people's families, they, they can run and do and maintain and, and do their family their way. We do our family our way, and that's, that's the way everything is. And so if we are in the family of God, uh, why are we going to listen to what the enemy has to say? That's, that's, he's not even a part of our family, and, and so we're going to listen to our Father, and he's always going to tell you, I love you, and I, I forgive you, and I, my grace is sufficient for you, and, and you can do it, and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And so we uh, are a part of the family of God, and we are a child of the God. Most high God. And so uh, he sits on the throne and he rules in majesty and, and uh, he is our provider, our protector, our healer, our deliverer, our savior. That's who our heavenly father is. And so we have nothing to fear. If God is for us, then who can be against us? Right? Our, our father is the most powerful uh, being that to ever exist. And, and so uh, nothing should uh, deter us or, or cause us to uh, be uh, afraid of, of what may be happening in our life or even in the world. Because, again, if uh, we know that God is in control. Uh, and, and so the benefits of being a child of God are, are, are really unbelievable. And the cliche is they're out of this world. Um, and so we are blessed to have this relationship with our Heavenly Father. But being a, a child of God is only one aspect of our relationship with God. There are uh, two other uh, examples, biblical examples that are mentioned in Scripture uh, that the people of God are called and that we're going to look into. Uh, and they are, are, are the, we're called the bride of Christ and we're also called the body of Christ as well as the sons of God, which... Uh, we've kind of already covered that relationship. And so uh, these two aspects are different when compared to a, a child of God. Uh, if we're going to compare these, uh, split the hairs and compare the differences between these uh, relationships. And so how, how so? How is this different? Uh, the child relationship with God, the, the son and the daughter, um, that implies singularity, meaning me and my father, me and my father, you and your father. Uh, we're, we're sons, we're daughters, even though we're all part of the same family, uh, we, we have our, 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 our relationship with God. We have a unique walk, uh, a unique relationship with your heavenly father. Yours is different than mine. Uh, we all have a we all have the same father, but our relationships are different and unique to uh, they're kind of uh, catered to us. Every as every child has their own personality, every child is different. And as parents, our relationships with our kids are 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 different. If you really think about it, uh, not that we purposely treat our kids differently. Uh, it's not that we, uh, we change as each kid walks in the room, but uh, as you as the father or mother, you are you, and you are pretty much the same person with every kid. Uh, but the variable, uh, the difference, what makes the relationship different is your kid because they are different from one another. They all have their own personalities. And so uh, even with our kids, we have a unique relationship with each of them. Uh, that's based off of their relation, their uh, personality. And so they all have their own unique walk with their parents, and therefore no two relationships are the same. And so as a child of God, you have your own unique relationship with your Heavenly Father. And I have my own unique one. Uh, that is, we're, we're, we're all different, but the same Father. 
But what is different about being the bride of Christ and uh, the body of Christ is uh, those terms, those are singular. Um, the Bible references the sons of God, calls you and I, we are the sons of God. That's plural. There's many sons, many daughters. Obviously, we're all uh, a child, son, or daughter of God. Uh, and so many, that's many relationships because we're all different. But the Bible doesn't say brides of Christ, doesn't say bodies of Christ. It says bride of Christ and body of Christ. So there is only one bride and there is only one body. And as to happen uh, to, to form, what has to happen to form the bride of Christ and the body of Christ is that we have to come together. We come together and we form the bride of Christ, the, the body of Christ. Uh, when the people of God come together, we are forming this special union where we are surrendering our individuality in pursuit of this greater good, this greater uh, common good, this collective as, as, as the body of Christ. And God sees that, and, and he understands that, and that there's something that is unique and special happens when we come together. And so uh, pay attention to the details here of what Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 18. He says, Matthew, uh, he says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. And if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Meaning, uh, hear thee as in you guys, they, they reconciled their differences. There was something that's that obviously a falling out or something. Uh, so you gained your brother means that restored that relationship. Verse 16, but if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And so notice this progression here. Uh, it started out on an individual level. You go to them and you, you talk, it, talk, it, uh, talk it through together, mano y mano as they say. Uh, and so if that doesn't work, uh, we are instructed to go grab a few more people and to try again. Uh, so a, a coming together is happening because there's, there's more than one person now. Now there's, there's a group, a small group. Uh, and so verse 17, if he shall neglect to hear them, that, the, that, that small group now, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. And so if reconciliation has not happened with the, the small crowd, then uh, Jesus says, uh, go and take this order uh, before the entire church, the whole, the whole body, everyone that is, every believer that is there, uh, bring it to all them. And if the relationship cannot be fixed or repaired with the entire church there, then Jesus basically said, then you label that person as a heathen. And basically you, you kick them out. Uh, if that person cannot get along and, and fix their problems and reconcile the relationships with that one person and also in the presence of the entire body of Christ that is there, uh, that there is, they are there to aid and to help whatever they can, then really he's saying there is, there's no hope for that person. There's, no, there's really no place for them in that church, in that, in that body, because if the entire body has come together and you can't figure it out, uh, you got you got to get that person out because you've tried to get them in the body, tried to reconcile the relationships so that the body remains whole and there's no division in the body and there's no schism or or, or separation. Uh, and so uh, it's powerful when the church comes together because. Uh, then Jesus says, you can kick somebody out. You call them a heathen and tell them there's no place for you here. And remember the progression, it started out just one-on-one. Just -on -one. 
and then it progressed. You get a few more people together, and now you got the whole church together, and then all of a sudden, uh, there's, there's power that is there, authority that is released to label somebody a heathen and basically to kick them out and say there's no place for you here uh, in the body. And so verse 18 says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And so who is Jesus given this authority and power to? Who is the you and who is the ye in this verse? So remember the progression that has already taken place to, to get to this point in this story. And so the you that he's talking about, the ye, uh, is the church. Because the church is there gathered together trying to fix this. And it, it, it can't be fixed. And so uh, you label that person as a heathen. Then he says... Um, you, whatever, whatsoever ye bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. So he's addressing the, the body that has come together, the church, the coming together of believers has the power to, to label somebody as a heathen and basically to boot them out here. And, and so I don't think the, the context here is necessarily pertaining to an, an individual to an individual child of God because we've watched the progression happen. And, and after the church has uh, been addressed as a whole, he says, uh, you can bind and you can loose. Uh, and so I think he's addressing the, the, the coming together of, of believers. When, when all the children come together, that really changes things. That, that changes the dynamics. Individuals were trying to work things out, but, but when, when people started coming together, uh, Jesus starts talking about the power to bind and to loose uh, as, an, as a body of believers. In and, and verse 19, he goes on to say, Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. It doesn't say one. He says two. It doesn't say when, when one of my children asks, when one of my sons or daughters asks, uh, uh, it shall be done for you. And, and uh, forgive me here, but I'm not here saying that God ignores you, your individual prayers uh, that's not where I, what I'm talking about here. If you are by yourself, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm pointing out is that something changes when two of God's children come together. Something happens when they come together. Uh, uh, some kind of a, a shift takes place. We see in the scripture a noticeable change takes place in the very language of the scripture uh, because he goes on to say, continuing on, verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. And so Jesus said it himself, not where one is. Not where one person is, but where two or three start coming together in his name, all of a sudden something happens, something shifts, something changes, and what happens, Jesus says, hey, I'm showing up. I'm showing up when people's, when my people start coming together. All of a sudden, Jesus is there. There's a special manifestation of the Spirit of God when the people of God come together for a purpose. So where two or three bind something on earth, it's going to be bound in heaven. Where, where two or three are loose something on earth, it shall be loosed in heaven. Where, where two or three agree, it shall be done for them. Where, where two or three gather in my name, there I am in the midst. And it, it's, like the, it's like the windows of heaven are, are opened up when, pe when the people of God come together. Uh, some kind of portal of, of power is unleashed when uh, people start gathering together. I know we all have our own separate individual walks with our Father, but something happens in Scripture we see when we see people start coming together of the people of God. That is why an apostolic church is not like any other church in this city. There's not like any other church service like an apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled church. Why? Because 
because something happens when we start coming together. It's when we get together that miracles and signs and wonders can happen. And there is nothing like the church of the living God. And nothing can stop the church of the living God. Jesus says not even the gates of hell can prevail against the church when it comes together. Nothing can silence the church. No government can silence the church of the living God. No threats can deter it. And no amount of persecution will prosper and shut down and silence the church. See, the church of the living God is the most powerful force in this world. It's the most powerful force. When, when the people of God come together and they bind their faith together and they can believe for the impossible, Jesus says there's something happens. I need, when two or three of you get together, I'm going to show up there. Uh, he doesn't talk about individuality like that, but he does mention when two or three get together, Jesus is going to be here. And so if I, my math serves me right, uh, I'm here, I can declare tonight that Jesus is here in this place. Why? Because we have come together in his name and we want his will to be done. That's why our services are so unique and so powerful than any other service, uh, church service. I haven't been to any other church services here in Lee County, uh, non-apostolic, and, and I don't need to. Uh, the Bible just spells it out right there. We're, we've got the, the most powerful church. Why? Uh, because the spirit of the living God is here. Spirit-filled believers get together and say, hey, let's have church. Let's, let's bind together and see what God wants to do. And so uh, I believe that the church of the living God is the most powerful force in this world. We have the power to literally change this world and change destinies and, and, and eternities uh, uh, for people. Uh, and so that is why I also believe that the Antichrist cannot rise to power until the church is taken out. Because something happens when the people of God get together. When Jesus sent out his disciples into the city to witness how did he send them out? Luke 10 and 1, and these things the Lord appointed unto 70 also, and he sent them two and two before his face in every city and place, whether he himself would come. Interesting that Jesus says, hey, I want two of you guys to go. You two go together. Because, again, there's something happens, something supernatural happens when, when, when two people start getting together. Now, I'm not trying to discount our individual relationship. It, we have a powerful walk with our Father and, and, uh, as ourselves, and we have His Spirit and all that. But uh, I'm just trying to highlight there's, a, there's something unique about people coming together. It's interesting that there are at least two of them together, and what does Jesus say if two or three are gathered in my name? Hey, I'm there in the midst. Uh, and so what do you think happened when these two believers... Wherever they went, what do you think happened when these two believers encountered sickness? When they encountered disease and they encountered devils? Well, Jesus already said if two people agree, anything can happen. And so if these two believers agreed and they agreed, hey, we need to bind this devil in the name of Jesus, or we need to rebuke this sickness in the name of Jesus. Uh, guess what happened? Uh, they had assurance from Jesus that something special was going to happen because Jesus said, I need two of you together. Luke 10 and 17, as the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Why did that happen? Because there was at least two of them there, and Jesus said, hey, if there's two of you guys going out, I'm going to go with you. That's, that makes three, and we're going to go We're gonna go tear up the devil's property. We're going to go wreak havoc in the kingdom of darkness. And so that, that was the only thing that was recorded in this instance, but you know, you, you know very well that many other miracles happened. If they had the power, he told them a few verses earlier, go and heal the sick. 
and, 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 and you can cast out devils. And, and so uh, they get excited because uh, devils are, they're casting out devils. And uh, so we, we got to know that uh, healings and miracles took place because that is specifically, he specifically told them to do that, heal the sick. Uh, and so in verse 18, he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. And so if you want to see the devil's kingdom really start coming down, then all you need to do is get the people of God to start coming together and uniting for one purpose and for God's will to be done. And that's what's going to shake up uh, Lee County here is when we come together uh, binding and loosing in the name of Jesus. Why? Because we're just standing on Scripture. We're standing upon the Word of God. And Jesus said, hey, I'm going to be there with you. If two or three agree, we're going to we're going to see it happen. And so when we put aside our differences and we lay down our own personal thoughts and our own agendas and our own preferences and say, hey, let's just come together and let's just God have, let God have his way. And he, Jesus goes on to say in verse 19, Behold, I, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And, and so that was spoken to not only to the individuals, uh, but to the 70 uh, that came together. And, and I believe that that same power is available to us today. I believe we still have that connection, that apostolic doctrine, that apostolic authority that was given to the apostles that has been passed down from generation to generation. We still, we have the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt us. Why? We have that promise as a people of God and when we come together there's nothing that can stop us. Man, and so we have access to all that, not because we have done anything great, not because our, our righteous deeds have done anything, but uh, simply because uh, we have been filled with the spirit of the living God, and we are the children of the living God, and, and, and we are no longer individuals, but we have come together as a body say, hey, we're going to move and act and breathe as one body and let God use us. Musicians, if you would come. This is not to undermine or degrade our individual relationship as a, a son or a daughter of God. No, no, that's, uh, that's its own unique walk with our Heavenly Father. That's, and in our own prayer closet, we, we have encounters and we, we have supernatural experiences and, and, and we are uh, lifted up and, and carried up into heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And, and we have access to God and his power and, and we, he hears our prayers. And, and so uh, uh, our individual walk with God is, is powerful in itself. And, and, and the truth is most of our week, most of our life, we're out there walking and talking with our Father, just uh, me and Him. We're only here for a few hours or a week, but most of the time it's just me, me and my Father, you and your Father throughout the week. I mean, that's, that's, that's a unique, special relationship that, that is, 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 is powerful. Uh, and, and so uh, God can use us individually when we're out in our the highways and byways, and he does. And, and the same power that is here when we come together is also, uh, we have access to that. It's all one spirit. And so uh, God can move on us, and we can prophesy and lay hands on people and, and pray people through. I mean, uh, individually, there's there's nothing against that. And I'm, I'm not trying, uh, I know I'm com comparing different relationships, but that doesn't mean uh, one is better than the other. I'm just trying to point out that, they, hey, it's, it looks like there's something special when we come together. We also have to understand how we, we know how he can use us individually, but we all understand the importance and the magnitude of us coming together as believers. It's, it's just something about it. 
One is not better than the other. They're just different relationships. And, and we as mature adults, we can understand different and unique relationships because we have thousands of hundreds of them in our lives and we deal with that. And so to understand that while we're out there alone uh, by ourselves throughout the week, we, we're there talking with our father. We're a child of the living God and, and God's going to watch over us like a father and protect us and keep us and lead us and guide us and, and feed us and all these things but the next time we come together my hope is for you to in the back of your mind say hey we're no longer individual now now we're starting to come together and what is shown in the scripture is that something something unique is happens when we come together as a body anything is possible because Jesus shows up you stand with me tonight As a body of believers, we have the power to bind and to loose and to agree on anything. And Jesus says, it will be done of my Father in heaven. I'm sure we have that same courtesy as a child that he hears every cry, every need that is spoken. But when we get together and we surrender our individuality and we say, it's not about me, it's about the body. That's why Paul talks so much about the body. Prefer one another. Uh, don't compare yourself with one another. Because it's not about an individual need. When we come together, we got to say it's about the body. What am I going to do for the body? What am I going to sacrifice for the body? What, a, what am I going to add to the body? How can I help the body out? And uh, how can I pray for somebody or, or minister to somebody else And uh, as, as a body? It's not about me anymore, but now it's about the body. Sure, throughout the week you can uh, cry out to God, it's you and Him. But when we come together as a body, there's something unique that happens. And I wonder if we can close out tonight, if, if we can come down as a body. Come down to the front and we want to we wanna release our faith together as a body. We want to pray as a body. And specifically tonight, I, I want us to bind together and, and pray uh, for uh, a divine healing to flow through this body and into the community. We have many, many of our brothers and sisters that are out sick, that are out battling sickness, and uh, even in the hospital. Be sure to pray for Sister Pauline. She's in the hospital. They're saying she may have had another stroke. So we, we want to bind together. As, as the Word says, when we come together, something powerful happens. Amen. So let's, as we close out tonight, let's bind together. And those that may be watching, why don't you just lift your hands in faith and, and unite your faith with us because we're here going to agree and believe that a healing is going to happen, that somebody's going to be healed. Why? Because the body is here. Come on, let's do that. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we come together. Lord, we unite together, Lord, as your body here. Lord, believe in Jesus that anything is possible. Lord, we declare a healing that would flow through your body here. Touch every single need, every person. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ over their mind, their heart, and their body. We rebuke every sickness, every spirit of infirmity. We bind it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, that your people would be free to, to walk and to do as you please. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. Let your will be done, God. From you we give you the praise and the glory. We magnify you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's give him praise. Let's worship him. Let's thank him for what he's going to do. Hallelujah. Use us, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for your healing, your deliverance, your power. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You deserve the glory. Lord, we bow to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Day and night, night and day, let him sing to rise. Day and night, night and day, let him sing. 
Well, we're going to keep praying. We're going to keep interceding for those that are sick, those that are hurting. Intercede for those lost in our city. So our expectation should be every time a, church, a service is happening, we should be thinking, yeah, I wonder what God's going to do today. I wonder, I wonder what's going to happen when the body of Christ, the, the believers get together and God shows up and His power is released and, and things happen. And, and we want to be used by God to, to allow Him to do what He wants to do. Man, when we, when we do that and we surrender ourselves... Man, we see great things happen. We will going to see great things. Amen? Amen. Continue to pray for those that are sick and those that are, are in need or traveling. Amen. In our country and this world. Pray for the sinners of our city. Amen. There's, there's so many needs. And if we're not praying, then who's praying? Amen. We should be, we are the people that pray, right? Amen. We're going to continue to do that in Jesus' name and we're going to see great things happen. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name.